Hello, and don't... <laughs> you know what? I'm keeping this. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck With The Original. I'm your host, Casper. Uh, and uh, apparently, I'm Becky Grimlin. <laughs> On Wednesdays, because Wednesdays are for podcasts. I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing y'all things spooky. We are not editing this out. We're not. We're not. We're, we're gonna... Going. We're, doing we're gonna it. just keep it. Guys, we're feeling it. It is that... <laughs> It is that kind of a day. We are doing it. I literally just was like, hello, and don't fuck with the original. <laughs> that's all. That's all you need to know today. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that is all. Hello, don't fuck with the original, Jordan Peele. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> okay, so our episode today is on Jordan Peele. Um, sorry about that, guys. We're in a really good mood. It's nice outside. We finally have some decent weather. Oh my god, guys, you don't even understand. We've literally had the last, what, like two, three days of beautiful 70 degree weather, and it's gonna be 80 degrees tomorrow, and then a shit ton of rain, and then, of course, nice sunny weather again, but, um, we're loving it, and I think that's why we're just a little slap happy, and, uh, I'm so glad that... Now we're, we're what? How many episodes? This is episode 13. 13. We've been doing this for three months. Lucky number 13, guys. And it's like, you guys have been with us long enough that you're like, that was great. (laughs) This is how it's going. This is, this is what we're doing now. (laughs) This is what we're doing. You should have heard the one before this. Oh my God. (laughs) Like I couldn't even hold it together. Literally like seconds before we're doing it. Casper's like, let's do this in a British accent. And I'm like, what? And she's like, boom. All right, don't fuck. And I'm like, I, huh? I was like, hello, what? and welcome to Don't Fuck with the Original. And I couldn't even, I was like, eh. and there was just like, she nothing. was like a Becky gremlin. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't even, who am I? What's going on? What's happening? <laughs> I think we're actually going to put together a blooper reel too for you guys at some point. Oh, so. God. That's going to be included in there. You have no idea, guys. We have started off episodes <laughs> goofy as fuck. We've started off episodes where, like, we don't think we're recording. Like, we're, we thought we fucked up the equipment, and we didn't. I, I don't know. They were just hysterical. It's pretty funny. There's one where we talk about SpongeBob, which is kind of great. <laughs> <laughs> Some Tiny Tim. Okay, okay I, so, I can't. Oh. <laughs> so anyway. Guys, no. No. That song, Insidious, it ruined it. Oh, Night, no. Nightmares forever and always. Yeah, you can thank all of you that that terrified, including myself. You can all thank Casper for all of your nightmares tonight. So, Or the one from Spongebob. Email, living in the sunlight, loving in the moonlight. Email her if you have nightmares. <laughs> she will get all the emails. That's fine. Just bombard me with emails. Like, I had nightmares for days because of your fucking voice. It's okay. I've been known to have that effect on people. (laughs) So. Oh, my gosh. Jordan Peele. Yes. We are doing our Jordan Peele episode. Finally. Yes. I'm going to say, before we start, if you have not seen us or get out, you might not want to, if you've seen one or the other, you might not want to listen to the whole podcast, listen to one movie, not the other, because we are going to give out spoilers. Um, because Us is a little newer, so we might try to keep that one a little bit under the wraps, but um, we kind of, it's going to be hard to talk about Us without 
revealing anything. Yeah. So if you haven't seen us and you don't want to be spoiled, stop. And then see it, and then, you know, you can you can listen to the Get Out part if you've seen Get Out, of course. Yeah, we're going to get but spoilers, guys. Look. You literally cannot out. talk about us without spoilers. Like, you, you it, there's no way. We're going to try not to. I mean, I, I feel like the movie's only been on a couple of weeks. I'm, I'm sure I know I've talked to a few people with themselves who still haven't seen it. I get it. But, you know, we're going to try to discuss it as much as we can, but... Literally to discuss it in full would give away the entire movie. And I feel like that would just really do a disservice. And I really, really, really want people going into this movie knowing nothing about it because that really, it just, it, it makes it even better. It really, it really does. does. It will really make you appreciate it even more. I promise you. But um, yeah, get out. We'll definitely have spoilers. The movie has been out long enough that everybody should have seen it. Um so, of course, if you haven't seen it, spoilers ahead, but uh, us will do the best we can without... We're going to give a few things away. Um, you know, honestly, it might even help you with watching the movie. There were things I read where I'm like, you know, I kind of wish I would have read this before seeing it because I think things would have made more sense. So it might help a few people, but... We're going to try really hard not to give anything away. We'll try, but no promises. <laughs> if we're like, us is happening, and you're like, oh my god, I don't want to hear anything, just hey, turn it we, off. Hey, we warned you. We just said, look, we forewarned. Warning. Spoilers ahead. <laughs> Iceberg right ahead. I'm sorry, I can't help it. I'm sorry. Come on, Bob. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, did you know? Actually, fun fact it. today, guys. Um, 117 years ago, the Titanic sank on this date at... No... It, no, it didn't. It's April 14th. No, it's April 10th, honey. It's April 12th, I it's, No, it's... No. <laughs> it's April... It's close, okay? It happened... So almost... Okay, no. <laughs> Guys, look, we told you. Okay, look. Casper, <laughs> I love you to death. Okay. The Titanic set sail on April 10th, 1912. It, sa- it, hit, it sank hit the iceberg on April 14th and it sank the morning of April 15th. Well, you know, I actually legitimately meant to say that this it set sail and I said it sank. So, because I remember the date. If, if anything, I remember the date at the bottom of the picture. Just rewind re- it. <laughs> just rewind what she just said and instead of saying sank, she said sailed. So, there you go. If you play it backwards. I'm fucking sorry. If you, play, God. if you play this podcast backwards. <laughs> it will say sailed, not sank. I need help today. <laughs> you know what you said? Fun fact. I legit thought you were going to say that, like, Jordan Peele was in Titanic. I was going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> fun fact. Jordan Peele was actually in Titanic. He's hiding the whole time. You he's never like, see him. He's like the worst Waldo in the movie. He's in the Irish dancing scene. <laughs> and that scene where the, the camera goes really fast and you can't even see it. He's hiding the whole movie. You never even see him, but he's there. <laughs> So, the, the Titanic only... set sail 107 years. Not even 117. Jesus. We're done. Titanic no, happened. We're, we're done. Titanic happened and <laughs> Jordan Peele was in the movie. And Jordan Peele was the Titanic. <laughs> no, he wasn't. No, oh he really god. wasn't, guys. He was not in Titanic. Oh my god, I really hope none of you are going to be like, fat check, Snopes, was, uh, no, he wasn't. Good he Lord, was not, no, 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 no. Absolutely not, sorry. Okay, anyway. I'm just c- clearly... Uh, we are clearly <laughs> done. We are canceled. We are canceled. 
Oh my god. Officially canceled. <laughs> well, considering that um the last couple podcasts have been a little dark. There you go. Yeah, now, now this one some... is like, yeah, guys, we've had some pretty dark, you know, we did a weeping woman that killed her kids, and then we had buying torture kill the week before that, and so this is like, we're still horror genre, but it's a lighter, so maybe that's why we're It was time like, for some Titanic trivia yeah, that wasn't it. even true. Yeah, we just needed to tell you that. Well, Real the setting sale is actually true. That's yes. actually is true. It happened 170 years ago. Real or not, we're always dropping knowledge here. At, uh, dropping some knowledge. Fuck with the original. <laughs> Even if it's fucked up. <laughs> and not that's, completely that's factual. Best. This is why we do this together. Because I say stupid shit. <laughs> and then Becky's like, no. <laughs> like, dear, no. You're really cute and I love you. I but love you. But no. No. <laughs> All right, that is so, what friends are for. Absolutely. I don't even know what I would do without you I sometimes. Know, I love you. Um, so we're going to start off giving some backstory of Jordan Peele. He, yep. um, I, th- I th- was mentioned this to someone today, how I think it's really cool that most of his career has been in comedy. Oh, yeah. But he's directing horror movies, even though he's always loved horror movies. Like, he has said that he's a huge fan of horror movies, but he's, like, most of his build-up career has been comedy. And I think the only thing that made sense for me with that, and, you know, I don't, I didn't read any interviews personally where he has said this, but I'm a big stand-up comedy fan, and a lot of the stand-up comics that I like are a bit dark. And I've heard some stand-up comedies, some stand-up comedians, rather, say that a lot of their comedy is pulled from dark places, and maybe things that literally comedy for them is their therapy. So dark things that may have happened to them in their childhood or in their lifetime, they're literally laughing about that pain. They're pulling from those dark experiences and and making light of it and laughing at it and sharing those experiences with other people through laughter in a therapeutic way. So it could be very similar. I don't I don't think there really is that sometimes that much of a difference between comedy and horror. I think both can be kind of pulled from dark places. If you look at it that way. That's why a lot of um, comedic horror movies are dark. Yeah. It's a lot of dark humor. Yep. But you still laugh at it. But you still laugh at it though. (laughs) Those are the best. So, um, we're getting a little bit into his early career. Uh, He was born on February 21st of 79. From Lucinda Williams and Hayward Peel. He was raised by his single mother in New York. His mother was white and his father was black. So they were in an interracial marriage. He attended computer school in Manhattan. He graduated from Calhoun School and then went to Sarah, Sarah Lawrence College. After two years, he dropped out to form a comedy duo with his college roommate, Rebecca Drysdale, who ends up being the future writer of Key and Peel. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty awesome. There were a lot of people from his past that he knew that were later involved in like Mad TV and Key and Peele. So I thought that was kind of cool. Did you want to do something? Yeah, sure. Um, (laughs) Well, not long after college, he uh, ended up in improv groups. Um, One of the more popular ones, a lot of people, a lot of you may have heard of is Second City in Chicago. Um, I believe... 
that uh, like Chris Farley and those kind of guys were involved with Second City. Um, he was also involved with Boom Chicago and uh, Amsterdam in the Netherlands, of all things. It's another improv group. Um, this was in the early 2000s. So this was prior to Mad TV, which he ended up joining in 2003 in their ninth season. So uh, he was actually picked the same year that Keegan-Michael Key was, pe was picked. So he actually thought Key would have been picked over him. They were actually picked together. And they were cast together a lot because they just had this really great comedian comedic timing even then um some of the characters singularly that jordan peele did himself on mad tv um here are just a few of them impressions he did ja rule james brown flavor flave montel williams more and morgan freeman um dude when you can impersonate morgan freeman right <laughs> it takes a lot of talent uh, yeah it really do does get that voice down and you've pretty much got it basically the voice of god it is the voice of god <laughs> if I would imagine the voice of God, it would be... It would be, freedom. yeah. Um, little weird fact here, in 2006, during his time on Mad TV, he and Keegan-Michael Key were both in Weird Al Yankovic's music video for the song White and Nerdy. If anybody remembers that, that song was pretty My funny. music's so loud, I'm swinging. <laughs> Trying to get me white and nerdy. Oh my God, that song's so great. That was hilarious. <laughs> I love guys... I'm I'm legit like old school Weird Al Yankovic fan from like way back in the day. Eat it and all the old shit. Fucking love it. <laughs> um, so this is kind of interesting. I really loved this part. I'll go into real quick before I let Casper take over. Um, because I've heard him recently answer this in an interview. So this was in 2008. He started working on an impression that a lot of you, if you were fans of Key and Peele, are familiar with his uh pretty much dead on spot on impression of Barack Obama. So in 2008, this was during Obama's presidential campaign. He had started working on this and then he subsequently ended up auditioning for Saturday Night Live during this time. So between 2007 and 2008, Mad TV as well as Saturday Night Live were both on strike due to the Writers Guild, a strike at the time. So uh, he they were looking to audition parts specifically, people to specifically play Barack Obama on Saturday Night Live. He went in for the audition. He actually ended up getting the part. And uh, Saturday Night Live would not let him out of, or uh, Mad TV, rather, would not let him out of his contract. And he was really pissed off about that. So he actually did get the role. I think if some of you remember, I think Fred Armistead ended up getting the role not long after that. But he originally was supposed to be cast for it. Um, so obviously that left a little bitter taste in his mouth and he ended up leaving Mad TV not long after that. So he would have been with them almost five years. He left during their, uh, 13th season. So I don't blame him. I would have been pissed too. Like guys, I was a Mad TV fan, but I will say personally, and I'm sure some of you would agree if you were like early Mad TV fans that by the time uh, Keegan-Michael Key and uh, Jordan Peele joined the show into like its last few seasons. It just wasn't as good. It really wasn't. And there was a certain crew at Saturday Night Live at that time that were coming up that he would have really fit well in. But sometimes things like that work out for the best because honestly, him as that character with Keegan-Michael Key being the, like, ghetto translator in the back. That was, like, one of the best sketches on Key and Peele. It was one of my personal favorites, so. And Obama loved it, too. 
Yeah, just shout out. Pretty great. Obama liked that. He loved it. He was. He had a great sense of humor. Oh, man. he invited him to the uh, one of the uh, White House correspondence dinners. Yep. Like that was hysterical. That was funny. If because you have Obama seen that, has look a it sense up. of humor. If you haven't seen that, look it up. It oh is my God, guys. funny. I was in tears. Oh, it's hysterical. I have one question for you though. What? Can I have your number? <laughs> Can I have it? Do you like Mike and Ike's? Where your boyfriend at? You got a boyfriend? Does he like Mike and Ike's? The back of your head is ridiculous. <laughs> that is one of the best Mad TV skits I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Just look up, can I have your number, oh Mad TV skit, God. and you're welcome. <laughs> like I said, anybody old school Mad TV fans, catch those old episodes. I love them. I miss them. Oh, man. <clears throat> All right, I will let Casper take over. The British, the British, um, over, over. So in 2010, um, he co-starred, uh, Jordan Peele co-starred in the pilot for a show called The Station and appeared as a reoccurring role in Children's, Children's Children's Hospital on Adult Swim. He also had a supporting role in Wonderlust in 2012. Keegan, Michael Key and Jordan Peele starred in their own comedy, Key and Peele, from 2012 to 2015. In 2014, Peele played an FBI agent in the first season of Fargo. I've heard very good things about that. I personally have never watched it, but I've heard phenomenal things about it. I watched the first it. two seasons. It was a really good show because I friggin' love the movie. So Yeah. But I'm a Cohen Brothers. Anything they do, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> um, in 2016, Peele starred and produced with <clears throat> Keegan-Michael Key the first feature film in which they both had a leading role. And it was called Keanu. Which is hysterical. Highly recommend to anybody who hasn't seen it. So again, they just want to get their little. He just wants his kitty cat back. That's all. That's all he wanted. Just, just like in the heat. Cat. Just like in the heat when all she wanted was her cat. And, and the kitty her cat's, cat's name is Keanu, and it's just Reeves. God, the movie's amazing. Yeah, as in Keanu Reeves, exactly. Yes. As in <laughs> that Keanu. Reeves. There's no way you the would man. name something Keanu without it being uh, Keanu Reeves related. Who else would you be talking about? <laughs> so um in February of 2007 his first film Get Out was oh, released 2017 I did say 2007 <laughs> oh I'm back sorry. to not 2007 but 2012 sorry um around the time he was on Key and Peele I found this out real quick I didn't want to throw in there Monkey Paw Productions mm -hmm. actually he started that in 2012 I always thought oh, he had yeah. started it around the time that Get Out came out in 2017, but no, he had actually started uh, the production company back in the same year that he and Keegan Michael Key were doing Key and Peele. So I saw that throw that out there. I saw that was fun. Really I didn't cool. know that. Yeah. So yeah, that's really yeah. cool. <clears throat> so in February 2017, got it. <laughs> Peele's first film, Get Out, was released. Scored a 99% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Which is almost unheard of. Right. Not to mention us actually hit 100. Yep. Um, sure did. The, the film received particular praise for his screenplay and direction, as well as the performance of its lead, Daniel Kalua. It was chosen by the National Board of Review, the American Film Institute, and Time Magazine as one of the top 10 films of the year. Now... Getting into a little bit of um, 
fun facts about Get Out, it was actually one of the most pop profitable horror films and actual film films of 2017. It grossed $255 million with a budget of 4.5. Mm-hmm. Woo! He made some money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he did receive the Bingham Ray Breakthrough Director Award at the 2017 Gotham Independent Film Awards. The film received four nominations at the 90th Academy Awards for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Actor for Daniel Kaluuya. Peel won for Best Screenplay, and he was the first black writer to ever win that award. He was the third black person nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Screenplay after Warren Beatty and James Brooks. He was the first black person to receive them for any one film, and just one film in particular. Um, Get Out also earned him the Writers Guild of America Award for Best Original Screenplay, as well as a nomination for Directors Guild of America Award and a BAFTA Award for Best Original Screenplay. I just wanted to say how amazing I think it is that not only for him to be the first black person to win an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay, but to also for it to also be a horror movie that won. And Get Out wasn't even technically, I remember him even like mentioning this, like Get Out wasn't technically horror as people were saying it wasn't, but he's like, no, it's a horror film. Like people were saying it was like a thriller or something. And he's like, no, it's a, it's a horror film. Same with us. Like people were saying it was a horror film. I'm black. Get Out was a horror movie. (laughs) It was a horror film. It was a horror movie. And when we get more into the movie, um, what the alternate ending was originally supposed to be. <laughs> that's a horror movie for any black person. I mean, that, so literally he didn't spoke, go with that, that literally spoke to everything that is going on, has been going on in America. And it's exactly the way everybody thought it would turn out. But luckily it didn't. Luckily he didn't go that route. But I like that it was an alternate ending because it spoke true to real life right. as much of that movie did. I mean, obviously some of it was fictionalized, but a lot of that movie sp- spoke to real life and true things actually going on. So bravo to him, you know, first black man and also be a horror movie. Like that's giving recognition on both sides mm-hmm. that, <clears throat> excuse me, that black people not only can write, direct and produce solid quality films, but that the horror genre deserves to be recognized. Yeah, absolutely. It was just like um, when we have talked about horror noir. Yeah, noir. That was really an eye-opener for me, especially not, you know, learning a lot about, you know, black history and the horror genre. And they love it just as much. I mean, it's, it's, I was talking to Becky the other day. I'm like, it is so nice to see black people represented in horror movies. Truly. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, I can't even imagine how it is for her because she's actually black. I'm over here white being like, yay! Like, super supportive. (laughs) Like, oh my god, yay! So I'm like, I can't even imagine how she feels. Well, it was just every... Every black person in every horror movie that I ever experienced growing up, as much as I loved them, were always very stereotypical. They were just always very stereotypical. They were either in the background, they were the sidekick, they were the best friend, or they were the 
sassy girl, like, oh, girl, you know, like, just, I mean, just completely over-exaggerating the characters. I mean, they were just ridiculous. I mean, they were just always ridiculous. The black guy was always the jock, the, uh, you know, it's just, they were just always very stereotypical. And I mean, if they had any black people at all, you know, lots of times there would be horror where it's like, okay, what city are they filming in? There are no black folks anywhere. Like, come on now. Like, you know, I mean, I mean, I could go all day long, but there's been even now, Walking Dead. Uh, there's been so many movies and shows that I've seen. Don't forget Michelle. Man. I said it at like one. That uh, <laughs> right one like, one, and she's leaving, getting that Marvel money. Uh, Black Panther. <laughs> she got it. Unlock. Uh, Avengers. Uh, anyway, um, so you know, sorry, we're like, going back. We're doing it just a little bit. Sorry, a little verklempt. Uh, but you still see it even now in horror movies and horror TV shows where a lot of black characters are just faded in and out or slim to none. And you're just like, that is ridiculous. That Either you start a show where it's like, oh my God, yay, there's some black people. And then they die. Like in the first like 10, that. 15 minutes, like Walking Dead, T-Dog. He, he lived a couple seasons. Yeah, he did. But... And it was nice that when he died, they they did have Michonne, but, um, and she has lasted, but she's about to leave. Well, and then when Sasha, <clears throat> Sasha and her brother came around and that character was just gone, Noah, like, came and went. And, uh, yeah. But his death was so really yeah, sad. We don't talk actually. about that. Guys, I don't do revolve. <laughs> I don't do those doors to this day. Those doors in buildings, a lot of hospitals have them. The revolving ones with the, nope, 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 thanks. nope. I don't do those. I don't walk through those. I don't do it. So let's talk a little bit about Get Out. Um, Spoilers ahead. So, oh, sorry. Do, do you want to finish up a little bit about his background before we get into the movies? Oh, yeah, we can do that. Okay. I'm sorry. No, I apologize. You're, you're cool. <laughs> um, yeah, there's actually not much because this goes into, so 2017 was Get Out. Um, 2018 and the Beginning of 2019 have really been his years after Get Out. Uh, 2018, he announced his retirement from acting. He did an interview with CBS stating uh, where he is quoted, uh, acting is just nowhere near as fun for me as directing. Um, Also in 2018, he co-created the TBS comedy The Last OG, which stars uh, stand-up comics Tiffany Haddish and Tracy Morgan. He co-produced the Spike Lee film Black Klansman. Um, which I'm sure many of you have been familiar with. It received six Oscar nominations at the 91st Academy Awards, including a Best Picture nomination for Peel. Um, that actually, he, I learned that. I did I not know, know right? he had anything I had to do with that no movie. I had no clue either. No idea. And then I was like, ooh, did he now? Well, actually, him, Jason, him, Jason Bloom, and uh, Sean McKittrick, I think is how you say Sean's last name, him, Jason Blue, and Sean McKittrick all worked on Black Klansmen, Get Out, and Us. I knew Get Out and Us, but I didn't know that even Jason Blum and whatever the Blum, other guy you Blum, said. I'm sorry. Yeah, Sean um, McKittrick were all producers. We're all, all producers in Black Klansmen. I had yep. no idea. Literally found all that out just through the research. That's that's cool. Um, and then he also served, this is another thing I totally had no idea. So this past year, they've released a movie about Lorena Bobbitt. Um, everybody knows that story. We don't even need to go there. I'm, I'm not even going to go there, guys. We've already segued into too many other things. If you don't, I swear to God, if you don't know about Lorena Bobbitt, 
Just Google it and we're done. Anyway, <laughs> so they just re- they made a documentary about it that they shot in 2018 and Jordan Peele served as one of the executive producers. It was released on Amazon as a docu-series called Lorena this past year in February. Um, starting into 2019, he releases his second horror film, Us, which we were just talking about, which he again wrote, directed, and produced. It starred Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke from Black Panther, Elizabeth Moss from The Handmaid's Tale, and Tim uh, Heidecker from Tim and Eric's Awesome Show. He also became host of the third revival of the sci-fi series Twilight Zone, which is exclusively on uh, CBS's online platform. Um he will also, in 2019, serve as one of the voices, him and Keegan-Michael Key, will be voices of Ducky and Bunny and the new Toy Story 4, which will be out this year on June 21st. If you guys haven't seen that trailer, it's adorable. Um, I'm really excited, okay? The thing that I'm most... Um, a little, Another thing real quick about his personal, he is married to... This is actually funny, because she was in the credits at the end of Us as one of his special thanks, and somebody in the audience was like, who is that? Why is she... Um, Chelsea Peretti, if anybody's familiar with Chelsea Peretti, she's also a stand-up comic. She's more recently been on the show Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, they are married. They have been married since 2016, and they welcomed their son, Beaumont, on July 1st, 2017. Um, he thanked her in the special credits after Us, and somebody in the audience as we were leaving or in the theater was like, was Chelsea Peretti in this? Why is he mentioning her? And I'm like, Jordan Peele and Chelsea Peretti are married. And he's like, oh, I didn't know that. And I'm like, okay. And then I just walked away. Just, just walk away. Like, okay, anyway, moving on. Um, Fun fact about um, us before you No, on, you're good. Um, he actually asked Lupita to watch a list of horror films so they could be on the same page when they when they filmed it. It was before they started filming. He said, I want you to watch these 10 horror films. So you're kind of going to see the angle that I'm coming from. And this is the list he gave her, which I've actually seen almost all of these, but I haven't seen a couple of them. So if anybody wants to take this challenge and watch all ten of these films, you'll know the plane that he was talking about. So first is The Shining. Seen it. Second is The Babadook. Seen it. It Follows. Seen it. A Tale of Two Sisters. Seen it. The, I almost said The Brides. The Birds. (laughs) Dead Again. Funny Games, Martyrs, yeah, it gets a little dark here, uh, Let the Right One In, mm-hmm. and The Sixth Sense. Seen them all. I Damn. Have, I have not seen Funny Games or uh, Tale of Two Sisters. Funny Games is a real mind fuck. It, That's what I've been hearing yeah, a lot of people I saying. Mean, it's really, <laughs> it's very, um, I believe the actor Michael Pitt is in it. Some people know him from the movie that he did with Ryan Gosling and yeah. Sandra Bullock. Um, that all of a sudden I just had a total brain fart about. Actually, it wasn't really a bad movie. Um, wasn't that like, a, it was like a cop thriller I think Shit. I don't remember the name of it see I know and you're thinking <laughs> it guys okay hold on we will in momento until wikipedia because <laughs> wikipedia always helps murder by numbers yes around 2002 so that was a great movie but yeah funny games is just whew, it's just it's I'm looking really forward to creepy. seeing that because I'll be hearing everyone say it's, it's a mindfuck so martyrs creepy. was a hard movie to watch Ooh, I watched that once that's one of those where yeah. I think I'm I'm good I think I one and done. watch it <laughs> once and then yeah, I don't need to watch this anymore. I'm done. Um, so yeah, I wanted to let you guys know that. Also, it had a budget of twenty million dollars and it made two hundred and seventeen. 
Already. Already. It's yep. been out two weeks and it's made $217 million. To date, I think, what was the number I found? As of two days ago, it was $217.6 million already. And it's been out two Already. Um, the most exciting thing, though, guys, the biggest, biggest news that I loved coming out, that came out this year, was that um, Jordan Peele will be involved with the remake of Candyman. He is going to be serving as producer um, his company, Mon- Monkey Paw Productions, is going to be uh, producing. Um, it's going to be directed by a woman named Nia DaCosta. And it's going to star Lakeith Stanfield, if some of you might remember him from Get Out. Um, he will be the main character. He's going to be a visual artist named Anthony. He's going to be very similar to uh, Helen's character, played by Virginia Madsen in the original Candyman films. Um the movie has actually already started filming. It is due to be released on my birthday in uh, 2020, next year, on June oh, 12th. Which I know is, what we're doing for y'all birthday. Yay! Happy birthday present to me next year. Because um, so Endgame is being released on mine this year. Right. Big news, though. Um, no one has actually been announced of who is going to be cast to play Candyman in the film. Of course, Tony Todd is given his blessing. He's very happy about the remake. He's very thrilled about Jordan Peele being the one involved to produce it. Um, but there have been different names gone back and forth online. But the official announcement by uh, Nia DaCosta, the director, is stating that... Uh, they didn't even mention Tony Todd. We're all fingers crossed, hoping it's Tony Todd, but nobody has officially been announced to play uh, Candyman as of yet. Actually, so. nobody's been announced like at all, yeah, basically. Just like kind I of said, keeping it under wraps. Keith Stanfield, another actress that is going to play his girlfriend. Those are really the only two that have been announced, and uh, the only other thing that I've heard about it is they're really going to stay true to the story. Um, they're going to shoot it in in Cabrini Green, the same neighborhood that they shot the original movie, but now the neighborhood is going to be gentrified. So, like, that's going to play a role into the character, into Candyman kind of being re-evolved in this gentrified yeah. town. So I'm I'm just more than thrilled. I was so excited not only to hear about a remake, but that Jordan Peele was involved. So I I'm always iffy about remakes at first, and then obviously, you know, don't fuck with the original, and then I heard Jordan Peele had to do with it, and I was like, oh! It's going to be awesome. Oh, it's going to be it's gonna be amazing. He's he's getting up there with me with Juan and Craven. Yeah, we he's, just talked about this getting... the other day. I mean, he's, I've got my list, you know, Wes Craven, John Carpenter, James Wan, George A. Romero. You know, you just have these certain horror directors. I'm adding Jordan Peele to that list. Yeah. I mean, he's blowing it out of the water. After seeing us this weekend, that was amazing. It was amazing. It Not to mention the music he puts in his movie. Oh, yeah. The music in Get Out was creepy. And the music in Us is really creepy. Because not even just the beginning song. Like, literally, there's a beginning song in the credits of Us. Um, and it's literally, like, what? Probably four or five minutes long. And the whole time, you're just unsettled. Yeah. The song just makes you have this uneasy feeling. I used to always love I Got Five on it, guys. Like, I grew up in the 90s. I got five on it. Everybody knows that song. We What's the song, song about? It's not about drugs. Don't do drugs. <laughs> that was in the commercial. That doesn't give anything away, guys. No, it doesn't. Um, but yeah, now I hear that song and I'm like, this is really unsettling. Like a song that was about a, that about a nickel bag of weed is like now 
a really unsettling, creepy-ass song, thanks to Jordan Peele, so... Um, he knew what he was doing. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I don't. It, you mentioned about uh, the movies that he gave Lupita Nyong'o to watch to prepare. Um, there were also a list of movies that he said inspired Get Out. He did an interview in 2017, and he mentioned these movies that inspired not only Get Out, but just inspired him in general to be a director, but specifically Get Out. Um, Rosemary's Baby, Night of the Living, and all of these I've seen. Rosemary's Baby, Night of the Living Dead, The Shining, Candyman, The People Under the Stairs, Scream, um, The Silence of the Lambs, he mentions Funny Games again, Misery, Rear Window, uh, The Burbs, and the uh, 1967 racial comedy drama that starred Sidney Poitier called Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And that was a movie, if some of you aren't familiar um, they remade it years later with Bernie Mac and Ashton Kutcher into Guess Who. So it was basically about uh, the original movie was about Sidney Poitier being a black man coming to meet his white girlfriend's white parents. So similar to how Get Out with Daniel's character, Chris, coming over to meet his white girlfriend's family and kind of taking that turn and. I guess this would be a good time to go ahead and get into the movies because I mean he even out, says that at the yeah. beginning. He's like, "Have you mentioned to your parents that I'm black?" And she's like, "Does that matter?" And he's like, mm, "It might." Kind of <laughs> um, and it's funny, you know, guys. The movie, I literally loved everything about the movie, and I think that the reason why I I know I personally loved everything about the movie, especially in the from the beginning to the middle of the movie, is any body who is black who has been in an interracial relationship has gone through similar experiences that chris went through i'm sitting there watching the movie myself and i'm going oh my god i have had this happen to me before where clearly you're around white people that and it's (laughs) It's funny because it's not necessarily that. I mean, now it's been rare. Unfortunately, there have been instances where I have. It's maybe it's actually only been once ever in my life that somebody was like blatantly racist. But you have those experiences with people that they they aren't necessarily racist, but their prejudice just comes from a place of ignorance. They're just they're really they're purely ignorant. They grew up in a neighborhood where there weren't a lot of black people. They don't work with black people. They don't. They're not really around black people. So again, going back to what we were stating about a lot of black horror being, or black people in horror rather being stereotyped, just black people on a lot of TV shows and movies in general being stereotyped. So if you're not used to yourself as a white person to being around black people and the only ideas you're, the only viewpoint that you have of black people is from watching these very stereotypical shows and movies when you have an interaction with an actual black person, you're going to treat them as if you're meeting this stereotype. And that's never, that's never really coming from a place of being racist per se. It's purely from ignorance. And a lot of times those are the people that, you know, you can kind of sit down and go, Hey, look, let me educate you a little bit from an actual black person. (laughs) Let's have an actual conversation here instead of living with these stereotypes. And, uh, you know, I have, the whole thing, the scene with the dad going, you know, if Obama would have ran for a 
third term, I would have voted for him again. Just saying goofy shit like that. I was literally like, telling, like, I, was, huh? like, I was literally telling my roommate the other day. So uh, when we were wa- rewatching Get Out, and he, he's the, the dinner party, and the guy goes, "I know Tiger Woods," and I was like. Why do white people do that? Guys, Why do white people are like talking to a black person? They're like, I know that one black person. Like, guys, I have had, uh, <laughs> I had a personal story with my brother in law's ex wife where we were talking about a restaurant we both liked, and she was like, I know, right, my sister. Guys, this bitch has never heard me talk like that in my life. I don't talk like that. I don't. Have you guys heard her talk like that? I went to college. She didn't. I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe it comes purely from an educational level. But for God's sake, why she ever thought, first of all, why she thought this was 1993 all of a sudden and black people talk like that, like It literally took me back to times where my dad would talk to me and my dad's in his 70s about meeting white people in business situations where they clearly had never interacted with a black person before. And they would see my dad and say dumb, goofy shit like, slap me five on the black hand side. And it's like, what the fuck? That used to be an actual saying. Used to be an actual saying. Or go to my dad like, oh, I know that jive. And it's like, what? Like... Literally, they take these from movies that they saw in the 70s and they think that black people talk like that. So when they interact with the black person, they talk to them like that. Same thing with this bitch going, my sister, I've never talked like that in my life, ever. I know and Tiger Woods. You're, you're cracking up. I know. Congratulations. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I know BJ Singh. Who the fuck cares? Guys, every <laughs> single, I mean, just... They hear a stereotype. They literally have no idea. So they're just coming from a place of ignorance. Oh my God, my ex-father-in-law sitting there watching the Olympics with him and we were watching the track and field and he's going, wow, all these guys that are running are black. Who knew they could run this fast? And then he goes, well, you know, I guess they wouldn't have gotten away if seriously, he's sitting there. Yeah. And mind you, this man is not racist, but he's saying all of this in front of me as if I'm not going to look at him like, I'm just going to excuse that and say it's Alzheimer's. Because <laughs> you're old. We're just and we'll just say go. And we'll just say some brain cells are falling out. <laughs> so they're falling out your ear and you sleep. So we'll just say, we'll just blame it on Alzheimer's. We'll just do that. We'll just blame it on that. But clear, I mean, seriously, I have been in so many instances with people I've dated, with their families that are white, where they're very limited in their interactions with black people. So when they are around black people, they come at them purely from stereotypes that they were introduced to. And it's it's like, oh, wait, time out. Let's sit down and have a discussion. Like, just because my my melanin is a little bit darker than yours does not mean you need to talk to me any differently than you would talk to anybody else in this room. And uh, yeah, I mean, that that part of the movie for me was just, it was reliving a lot of instances. Now, luckily, and I'm in a interracial relationship now, and that has never happened in this instance. You know, he grew up around nothing but black people, so it was just very comfortable. But unfortunately, I have been in those situations, and I really sympathize with Chris, and it was just, or even situations, um, where 
Now, I know in the beginning, he was driving the car, and she was... Or was she driving the car? No, he, no, was, he driving. was driving the car, and she was the passenger. He was driving the no. car, she was the passenger. No. She was driving. She was driving. She was driving. She, she was, was driving. driving. Yep. Yeah, she was. She was driving. That's right. Because that's right. Um, he asked to see her ID, and for obvious reasons, she was driving. And but then, then that's he when asked he asked to see, to see his, and she's like, um, excuse me, why do you need to see his ID? Well, we find out later that obviously that was for, you know... Arterial, arterial motives because she didn't want the cop to know anything about him because she was going to motherfucking kill him because that white bitch was crazy. Um, but I've been, I've been in those instances. I've been in those instances. We'll get to that. But guys, I have been in those instances. I mean, in a lot of other, I've told white people this story and they're like, what? That doesn't happen. Um, it does. I have been in cars where I was not driving, where there was another person that was driving that was white. I'm the black person. This has happened to me twice. I'm the black person in the car. They, one was an illegal turn. Another one was speeding. And they asked to see my ID first. Now, see, what was funny is in the movie, it was done a little bit differently. But in my experiences, they pull over the driver. I'm not driving. And they asked to see my ID first. I've had it happen. I've known other black people that have had it happen. And it's funny because when the white person that's driving wants to say something the way the girlfriend in the movie kind of stood up and said it, that right there is a level of white privilege as black people we don't understand because we would never talk to a cop like that. I mean, my friend that I'm with that's like, why are you asking to see her ID? I'm going, shut the fuck up. You're about to get me shot. I'm about to be on the six o'clock news because you're about to get me shot in the face. Shut the fuck up. But seriously, we really do go through those instances of being profiled by the police, of having things like that happen. So from a social construct, Jordan Peele literally listed, because those were personal experiences. Again, like I said, he comes from an interracial background. He is now in an interracial relationship with the woman that is white. He is speaking not only from his own personal experiences, but clearly putting those in the movie because he knows other people are going to identify with that. And I did the whole time. I mean, the whole time in the beginning when I was watching those scenes, I'm just, I'm looking, I'm going to myself, oh my God, I can't even believe this. Because I've been through very similar instances. And I remember seeing it. There were other interracial couples in the theater that were kind of snickering and laughing during those scenes because they're like, oh, been there. You know what I mean? Like these things really do happen. But it's it's the turn that it takes and the way that the movie makes note of things like cultural appropriation and, again, just blatant stereotypes about how blacks are bred better to be better athletes to be better at this to be better at that and all of those ideals come back from Jim Crow days from eugenics from very 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 racist and prejudiced points of view where the strongest black person was the most expensive slave they would bring the most money because you know you could work them harder and they wouldn't quote unquote break faster because they were stronger and it's like their body and muscle structure isn't any different than yours. Like I said, again, it's just the melanin being darker. So there was that symbolism in the movie. Um, the the scene where they were holding up the at the gazebo, where they were basically doing like that raffle on him, that was that was a slave auction. 
Yeah, that's exactly that was what a slave that was. Auction. Guys, if you if you if anybody has ever been to a museum or seen footage, that was a slave auction. If you've seen Roots, if you've seen any movies, Twelve that, Years a Slave. Twelve Years a Slave. If you see, shout out to Lapita Nyong'o again. Uh, those that right there was a slave auction. That's exactly. What I couldn't a slave believe what I was, was looking at. I, I, couldn't, I, could, I, I could not believe what I was looking at. The shock in the theater from black folk that knew exactly, and the woke ones that weren't black, shout out to them, but the 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 the, the audible in the theater when they showed that scene where people visibly knew that that was, that that was a slave auction, couldn't even believe it. I mean, he put things in that, there was so much social commentary in that movie that made sense to so many people that just broadened so many spectrums that it, it we almost thought like whoa I can't believe this brother is doing this bravo Jordan Peele for finally doing this for not only opening up this this social commentary but also putting it in a fucking horror movie I mean guys that movie was legit scary when that bitch now we'll get to the serial part this is how you knew she was psychotic <laughs> This crazy ass bitch. Anybody, let me tell y'all something. Roommate, lover, family member, I don't give a fuck. If y'all ever see anybody sit there with their Fruit Loops and take them one by one and dip them in milk and eat them, they're a goddamn serial killer. Kill them in their sleep. Or move the fuck out and change your name and witness protection. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, guys. Anybody that does that shit cannot be trusted. They're a goddamn serial killer. Nobody does that. Nobody does shit like that. Nobody also, sits there with an individual. Also, you people that pour your milk first. Why? What is wrong with y'all? <laughs> Again, you're a fucking serial killer. Something well, is, my cousin actually does that. So. She's a serial killer. <laughs> She's not a serial Move killer. out right now. The cat is. The cat's gonna oh, kill you. Oh, not that cousin. It's kidding. a different cousin. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's not that cousin. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm safe. I'm like, leave her right now. She's going to kill you. <laughs> but she's like, I don't understand why you don't. And I'm like, you're the only person in my life that does that. Yeah, you literally so are. Literally people that I've ever met that have done that. It's like, some, you're you're something. You're a serial killer. And she's like, well, why would you do I'm like, you don't understand. You pour how much cereal you want, and then you measure the milk. You can't know if you pour the milk first. You can't know. It's simple mathematics, people. You it's can't the ratio know. of the cereal to the milk. This is a real thing. <laughs> it is. Anybody that's listening to this is going to go, of course. And any of you that are listening to this, they're like, no, you pour the milk first. You're, you're, you're serial killers. <laughs> yeah, you just relate to my cousin just already not a serial all, killer. Okay, well, crazy. maybe he's not. He's just crazy. So <laughs> there's a level of crazy, border, we'll say borderline. Maybe you haven't killed anybody yet, but you've thought about it. We'll say like borderline. Well, I've thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> every day borderline psychotic when you want to kill somebody but you want to get but you want to be right with the lord but you want to get right <laughs> i'm trying to get into heaven lord <laughs> cannot kill help can me we, can we talk about his best friend though <laughs> i love him so much oh my god <laughs> Okay, so shout out to uh, the girlfriend, which is played by Allison Williams. She was on the HBO show um, Girls, and her name in the movie, I'm sorry, it was probably like some super basic name. Um, no, actually her name was Rose. Uh, it also starred 
Bradley Whitford, who was in The West Wing and Cabin in the Woods. He was uh, her dad. Um, he's in, like, everything, though. Literally. Everything. <laughs> he's he's one of those people that you're like, oh, my God. But Lil Rel, Lil Rel Howery is the one who played his best friend, the T, uh, TSA agent Rod. Rod. I love, you know, guys, we do that a lot here, how we were saying, like, we're feeling goofy as fuck today because our previous material was quite dark and we're just wanting to liven it up, brighten it up a bit. Every time that movie got really heavy, you, like, needed Rod. Yeah. You, like, needed him I to, like, Rod. step in and just kind of, like... Because that there was levels of tension in that movie where you were just like, you know. What was, it, what was the phone call he, he had, had with him and he was telling himself, he's like, dude, you got to get your ass out of there. What was it He that happened? They cut white, they cut black people's heads off and rape them or something. White folks are raping. It was this <laughs> whole spiel that he went through and it was the funniest shit. Um, it was like right after <laughs> that, that one lady like unplugged his phone and she kept doing that because to make his phone not charge anymore. Yeah, Betty uh, Gabriel played Georgina. And that was Georgina's um, character. He said that they did something though, and he was like, "Man, you gotta get your ass out of there!" And he literally goes through this spiel, and I'm dying. <laughs> I'm literally dying. I don't not remember what everything he said, but like I said, he was he was the perfect. He was the comedic relief, and he's. You know, that actor, or uh, the guy that acted in the, that character is a stand-up comic. I mean, that's his background. He was in so Bird Box, too. Perfect. Yeah, he was. He sure was. But yeah, he was great in that movie. He was perfect. He was the perfect comedy relief in that movie. He really broke up the tension. Because the movie got tense. Yeah. It got I mean, dark. it got really, really, really dark. You know, when you realize the whole story behind Walter and Georgina and that it was the grandparents that transferred their bodies into these black people and then what Rose's role was in that, like, this white chick was literally luring black folks. Like, what the fuck? And, it like, literally kind of it showed her doing it again. Like, it right, kind of right at the end, she was online looking for someone to talk to. Yeah. And it's kind of fucked up, guys, because it was funny, like, after the memes that came out after that movie <laughs> of if you were in an interracial relationship, like, mm, kind of watch out. <laughs> like, yeah, we can fuck out of like, you know, everybody was saying Kanye's in the sunken place and shit. Like, there was just, oh, my God. I think he was so, there I think before was. anybody put him there. He was there <laughs> way before anybody actually put him there. But um, shout out to Kanye. Uh, so, but no, that, it again. There was so much of that movie that went back to social commentary, but made its way into being something that was incredibly horrifying. So if you guys don't actually know the alternate ending, um, Rod, so you know at the end, Rod shows up and saves his life. Um, Oh, real quick. I did want to mention that the movie did kind of remind me. There were two movies that came into play with me that made me think of it was like um, The Stepford Wives and... uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, Invasion of the Body yeah. Snatchers, for sure. Yeah. It really made me think, I mean, the way they were literally transporting consciousness consciousness into black bodies because they needed them to be stronger because so crazy. they thought their body structure would be better because they're black. I mean, it just, like I said, it all goes back to, you know, just eugenics and appropriating this appropriating a culture in an extremely racist way but yeah so the movie ultimately does end with um 
Daniel pretty much takes everybody out, kills the mom, kills the dad, kills the creepy ass brother. Um, Rose goes is coming after him. Uh, does he shoot her? Because he's got the gun in his hand. Yeah, he, he shoots shooting her, her in the street. Cop car pulls up. Of course, everybody's like, oh, my God. White woman, white woman half dead on the ground. Black man with the gun. Cops pulls up. We're done. That's the end of that movie. We know how this story writes. But luckily, hell yeah, everybody in the theater chilled, cheered. It was Rod, the TSA agent, to the rescue. Came and I got am TSA. I am TSA. Motherfucking, motherfucking A. a. <laughs> Came into the rescue, swooped up your boy, and... There you go. That was the alternate so, ending, though. It was going to be a white cop. It was cop. a cop. It was a white cop that came. But they were like, nah, he's been through enough. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're, look, we see enough of that on the news every day. Black neighborhoods are already going enough through enough of that every day. Like, we don't need to. It's in our faces. We don't need to see it in this movie. We're trying to get some relief here. So I'm, I'm glad. I would have understood why he did it again taking from everything socially that was going on in the movie. But again, we didn't need that. And I'm glad that he didn't. And I'm so glad that he ended the way he did. It was exactly the way. And I think a lot of it too was he had talked about test audiences, seeing the alternate ending and people were like, you know, because they were really hoping that that wouldn't be the case. You really wanted Daniel to make it. And uh, again, like I stated, there were enough black neighborhoods that are already seeing that type of thing every single day. And nobody wanted to see that anymore if they're already seeing it enough on the news in real life. So ending it on that note, not only with the comic relief, but also with Chris's, Chris Daniel's character, being saved and it being broad coming in to save the day. So brilliant movie. I mean, it was nothing had come before that and nothing could come after that, that would touch on a level of social commentary the way get out did. It just hit on so many different points. It was so good too. It was such a great movie. Um, Do you have anything left you wanted to say about it? Not, not from get out. It's just, if you haven't seen it, see it. Yeah. It's it's really good. I mean, um, we kind of gave away, <laughs> we kind of gave away the ending, but it's still worth seeing. It I mean, is the only twist that actually really again. got me was the girlfriend. I figured out the family, but the girlfriend actually kind of got me because I, I, because she was taking up for him so much. Yeah, her role was fucked up. The I was like, oh, was and then she all of a sudden he's like, and... where are the keys? And then she all of a sudden pulls him out of her purse and smiles and goes, you know, I can't give these to you, right? And I, I was, was like, like, bitch. Whoa. Like, yeah, I was done. <laughs> I was like, this motherfucking bitch is in on it too. And then he like, just God he has this look on damn. his face, and I'm like. I want to help. I know. How can I, know, I, help I know. Him? I know. I know. I know. We're all like, please. <laughs> no. Like, yeah, that, yeah, everybody wanted to strangle that bitch in that scene. Like, fuck that. Good but, acting on her part, oh though, my man. God. She was great. And I never watched Girls. I like, never did I didn't either. know I she have no desire to. And then again, to. I, I, so. There again, I love when I see movies like this with actors that are not very well known. Mm-hmm. I love that. 
because she the only one I really knew it. was the dad. I knew the dad. I know the the brother from a couple things, but I knew I the knew dad. Catherine Keener, the mom. She's yeah. been in several movies over the years. Bradley Whitford, I knew him because again, like he's been in everything. He's like what? He's like Sarah um, Paulson. He shows up. Literally, you're just like, oh, hey, you're like, oh, it's, uh, oh, and, and it's always random. I mean, it could literally anything be from like comedy to drama to horror to like, they're just, he's all over the place. I love, he's a great actor actors too. Like Such that. a great actor. Love actors like that, that can pull that off. They're the best. I ever, that whole, that whole cast was phenomenal. Everybody did a phenomenal job in that. Um, I felt the same way about us. We'll go into us. I really, I really want. I know I can't because of copyright infringement, but I would love to play the song at the beginning of that movie. It's so good, guys. It's like, go on Spotify. If you have Spotify, YouTube, and look up the, I don't remember what it's called. Um, Let me look up the name of it for you. Because it's the, it's the song at the very beginning and it plays throughout the movie. And it's really creepy and it's kind of amazing. It's just called Anthem. That's all it called. All it called. All it, all it's called. Just look up Anthem from the Us soundtrack. And you're welcome to now have to now have nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um Yeah, Us again was another one of those movies where I felt like the I'm whole obs- entire cast just really got along. Everybody worked really well together. And you and I were talking about the fact that what we both loved so much about this movie, and again, we're gonna try not to give a lot away, but the family, you know, Winston Duke, Lupita Nyong'o, their husband and wife, they have a son and daughter. Um, they're on vacation. All of a sudden, these creepy doppelgangers show up, and then chaos ensues. Um, but the fact that, like, again, this movie did have some social commentary, maybe not so much to the level that Get Out did, but you and I both talked about the fact that what we really love the most about this movie is that this Black family showed that like that could have been any you could have swapped the races you could have very well made that a white family but that would have been like every other movie we've seen it took a black family and it normalized I mean I grew up like that I was the older daughter I have a younger brother mom and dad going to the beach going on family vacations like Watching the beginning part of that movie and seeing that family, like dad being the goofy, awkward ass dad. Oh my god, you guys, Winston. Oh my god, he was the daddest of dads. He was like hashtag dad jokes. He had the the (laughs) shoes. He had the I mean with the the bat. Like he had the boat. Let's y'all want to get crazy? Like he just the boat didn't work. Like dad, dad, nobody wants the boat. Uh, Dad, nobody, (laughs) I can fix the engine. He's smacking it. Like, guys, he, oh my God. He is literally like the dad of dad. He was like my dad. Like he literally reminded (laughs) you of like any dad, just like the dad of dads. And that's what I loved so much about that part of the movie is how that literally could have been any family. And you know, any family. What's really funny is I was talking to, because me and Becky were talking about the movie, you know, because we were talking about how much, you know, what we liked about it. And I told her I legitimately loved the fact that black people are getting the representation they deserve in horror. And I told her, I'm like, girl, you love it. And she said, you love it. And I was like, (laughs) I'm aware that I'm white. I'm very aware I'm fucking pasty. That's why my name is Casper. She's woke as fuck though, guys. But let me tell you something. 
being a part of the LGBTQ community, we have not even seen the shit that black people have seen. We've seen some shit, let me tell you. We we've seen some horrible dark 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 days, but imagine that times a hundred. I mean, like black people they deserve to be treated as fucking people. And I'm so happy to see someone who is black throwing in black people as normal Americans, who is a normal family, going on vacations, having the normal ass fucking dad and a mom who's literally a mom. Like, she's a normal mom. And then you have a normal daughter a normal son who's literally doing normal things it literally could have been a white family and that's what i love so much about it because guess what in this movie the white people are stereotypical and i fucking <laughs> love that Loved i love the fact that they made the white people's people people stereotypical and i loved that hey give me another wine what's the magic word i hate you <laughs> like, like it was just so nice to see that and it was so nice to when Jordan Peele said I'll never cast a white man as my lead because it's not that I don't like white men I've just seen that movie I wanted to literally stand up and applaud that man because I'm like black people are people everybody's people you literally there was a there was a thing for pride month i think it was last year or the year before where it showed an interracial couple a gay couple a lesbian couple um <clears throat> just different couples showing what they were behind a screen and they were skeletons because we're all the same we're all people we all want the same things we all have dreams and then they would walk out from behind it and they were an interracial couple, black people, white people, lesbians, gay men, like I that that made me sob because I was like finally somebody showing that we're all people. We all want everything is the same. Who cares if your skin is darker? Who cares if your skin is white, red, fucking neon green for all I care. I'm translucent. Yep, you, you might want to get that looked at, but <laughs> but seriously, I'm so happy to finally see someone being like black people matter. In horror. I am, like, cheering this the fuck on. And I'm like, stereotypical white people, fuck yes! <laughs> well, it's, it's about time. <laughs> it's crazy how, uh, you know, again, it goes back to what I was saying about how this movie could have been very interchangeable. If we, if there would have been a white family in this movie, people would have been like, man, the movie's good, but I've seen this. I think the fact that there it made a difference that there was a black family that was normalized and guys it goes back to a lot of Casper what Casper was saying black people in general and again we we hate to get off on a lot of social commentary or but obviously it was going to come to this with a lot of the subject matter in both of these movies but um we've we've come so far but there's still so much farther that we can go and I think the fact that we're now, not just black people, but I mean, folks that are woke, the, the white folks, the people that are coming out of the woodwork that are standing in front of us and saying, hey, look, that are speaking up, are seeing the fact that systematic racism still exists. It is a thing. And it needs to stop. And again, like... That's why I've when I talk so about times. this, I go on a rant. Because yeah. I'm like, listen, I get very passionate because equal rights to me matter. 
Well, because it's equal right, equal rights all around, and it's looking at as a person, it's looking at a person as a person, and it's just like I mentioned, like just because our melanin is different, just because I have more melanin than you, doesn't make us any Hell, different. I'm jealous. I'm just fucking we pasty over have here. <laughs> right. We have the same skeletons. We bleed the same. We we're the same. We're the same person. Two so, eyes, two nostrils, two ears, yeah. a mouth, two hands, two feet. Yeah, it needs to turn more into we're humans instead of I'm white, you're black, I'm this, I'm that. Like, I'm human, you're Like, human, I can't wait human. for gay marriage to just be called marriage. I can't wait for black people to be called people. Or the fact that you even have to say, like, I, I didn't really have to mention that I was in an interracial relationship, but just the fact to even have to say that. Or, like, if people meet you, like, I've had instances where... I've talked about my husband and people have never met them and then they meet him and they were like, oh, I didn't know he was white. And I'm like, is that a problem? Or even <laughs> on my husband's and so like, oh, I didn't know your wife wasn't white. Uh, half the time they don't know what I am. So that's always funny. <laughs> I think I've mentioned that, guys, how I've She's Hawaiian. I'm very like, I've, I've got that like Vin Diesel, The Rock kind of like racially ambiguous like what are you exactly because i don't quite know and it's just like what the fuck so you don't ask oh my god you can't just ask somebody why they're white. do you know what i want to tell them <laughs> i i am whatever the cops want me to be when they pull me over that's what the fuck i am <laughs> that's what i really want to tell people and just see the look on these stuck up white people's faces and they were like what do you mean whatever do you mean you are with the well, cops pulling over? are you kidding me you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, like, this is not a tan. Can't wipe this off. Doesn't wash off. This is what it is. So, but uh, yeah, it's, there needs to be an inclusion. There needs to, we're starting to see movies now where, and not just blacks, guys, like Crazy Rich Asians. I know it wasn't horror, but a movie that could carry with an all Asian cast, movies that can carry with all black cast. We need that because it's normal. And now we it's have John no Cho different. coming up. Oh, and like, God, um, thank you. This the guy Exorcist is season two. Okay, um, guys, if you have not seen okay, the Exorcist. Okay, we're going to segue real quick into this because yeah. we're not going to go off the rails on this. If you one. haven't seen the Exorcist TV series, watch it now, yesterday. Um, but John Cho is in season two, and he was also in a movie called Searching. So he's actually yeah. That's what I was going to look that up. That's supposed to be great. Have you not seen it? I know I haven't seen it. Oh God, guys, watch Searching. It's amazing. Uh, But like John Cho, he's Asian and he's starting to be more like lead roles and stuff. So it's really cool to see like the diversity of film coming out lately. It's really really nice. That's why I said because it's real. These are real people. We see different cultures and different colors and different races and different sexual orientations and everything every day. We see those as real people. So why in God's name would these real people not be included in film, not be included in movies that we see every day? You want to see something that's relevant, even if it's a fictional story. Obviously, Get Out, Us, they they have true to life things, but obviously these are fictional stories, you know? Hopefully, fingers crossed, none of us actually have doppelgangers out there. And if you see your doppelganger, run like hell because you're going to die. Because that's what supposedly happens. But, you know, and get out. There's nobody out there transplanting body parts. Or at least that's what the government's not telling us. Anyway. Area uh, 51. (laughs) Nothing like... So, anyway. Nothing like these things are actually happening. But they, they... 
you're taking a horror movie, but you're you're jump starting into social commentary mixed in with that. So you're bringing in all audiences that can find a very fictional horror movie relatable because these are real people. Like I said, guys, us or like I said, guys, get out for me. I've been in those experiences in interracial relationships. Us, this family literally could have been my family going on a summer spring break vacation to the beach literally could have been my family something that gets me too is that ask a white person how many people have you related to in horror or not horror just movies just movies in general how many people have you related to ask a black person the same question i guarantee you it will be very small that list will be very very small and then you have movies like get out and us and then they're like we have someone to relate to, and it's so nice that they finally have someone to relate to because we have all these movies that we relate to people. Why can't they? And I love the fact that, oh, guys, I have to give another shout out to Lupita Nyongo. Like, I'm obsessed with her. To come okay? out, she's gorgeous, <laughs> first of all. I just adore her. And second of all, to come from one of her first major movie roles as a slave in 12 Years a Slave, guys, that movie is a brutal. Um, Brutal's putting it nicely. Hard to watch. Very difficult. Um, Michael Fassbender's an asshole. Yeah, that was difficult because I love that. <laughs> guys, he's not I, really an asshole. Guys, he's can actually I tell really y'all, cool. Guy. Twelve Years a Slave was a rough one on me because I love me some Michael Fassbender, and he's whipping her. He's he's a slave owner. He's sadistic. He's but there again, if you play a role that much where I can hate you so much in that character that it's hard to see you out of that character, then you've done a great fucking job. So for her to come from one of her first major roles as being a slave to going on to playing basically a princess in Black Panther and not only that, going on to have a major role, a major film role in a top grossing movie like Us. It's it's amazing. I mean, her career has absolutely skyrocketed. I mean, from such... From humble beginnings to playing a slave to playing the characters that she has stood out with now in Black Panther, us. It's like bravo to her. And I really, God, I really hope she gets the she gets recognition. She, she did get an Oscar for Twelve Years a Slave. Oh, if, good. If you if yeah. you guys didn't know she that she did, it. she got an Oscar. She for deserves that. more Oscars. Give her all give her the all the Oscars. Give her everything. Give her all the Oscars. Give her Here every bit of it. Um, one quick thing I did want to mention about Get Out or uh, Us, guys. Um. There is a running theme with the numbers 1111, with the number 11, but in the sequence 1111. There's a running, and again, this really isn't going to give a lot away, but just, I think, again, like I said, there's things that we do kind of want to share that I think going in, if I would have known, it might have helped me understand it better. So maybe going into knowing this when you see it, if you haven't seen it yet, once you do see it in the movie makes sense, knowing some of these little things might go, ah, okay, I, I get it. Um, so again, there's the running theme with 1111. Um, there's actually one scene in particular where you see the Bible verse Jeremiah 11, 11, chapter 11, verse 11. Um, so I looked that up if you guys aren't familiar with it. It's therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will bring on them a disaster they cannot escape. Although they cry out to me, I will not listen to them. Whew. <laughs> so, yeah, 
I wanted to actually look up in my, like, look up on my phone. I'm like, Jeremiah, what does that say? I know. I really <laughs> had to look it up while I was watching the movie. And I'm like, no, don't be that asshole. And screens lighten up in the middle of the fucking movie. So I didn't. But again, I'll read it again real quick, guys. Because really, if you've not seen the movie, remember this verse. And then when you go in to see the movie, you'll go, holy shit. Now I get why that makes sense. It's Jeremiah again, 11, 11. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will bring on them a disaster. They cannot escape. Although they cry out to me, I will not listen to them. So that means a lot to the fabric of the story. And it's phenomenal. It was so well done. The acting was brilliant. Again, like Casper mentioned, the soundtrack killed it. Yeah. The soundtrack helped the movie, you know, immensely. It built the tension. And again, just like Get Out, this movie has little parts in it too. Like we said, Dad, nobody wants the boat. There's little parts <laughs> in it. I mean, we all laughed. It like broke up the tension. There were parts in the movie where it was like goofy as hell and like you needed the, the oh my God, the NWA fuck the police. Uh, <laughs> guys. Fuck the police coming straight from the... Guys. Oh my God. There's a whole wait. killing. Like just there's this wait. whole sequence. Just don't, 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 there's just this whole sequence where they literally just Y'all love the that. police for like what five minutes, and, and it then like they continues and it played, keeps going. They damn near played the whole fucking song, which love it. Holla! Shout out NWA. But guys, that scene is a fucking amazing. And the fact that fuck the police is playing the entire time is hysterical in like the craziest bloodiest way and you'll love it you'll absolutely love it i was like he just added some serious comedic value to the scene again that he started off in comedy it totally makes sense it totally makes sense he's like this is a horror movie but let's just it breaks that part where she goes dad nobody wants the boat Dad, nobody guys This man is, like, obsessed with his boat. This stupid, dinky-ass boat. You guys will get why the daughter was like, Dad, nobody. (laughs) (coughs) Excuse me. Nobody wants this boat, Dad. So, yeah, like I said. Because, you know, you've seen the scene where they have him in the room. And he just looks at her and he goes, you can have the boat. (laughs) She's like, Dad. Nobody wants the back. It's it broke up again, just like get out. You need those moments in movies like that where you need something to break up that tension. I mean, I love horror movies that literally keep you on the edge of your seat, and then by the end you're like, ah. I mean, that's exactly what these movies do. But they sort of ebb and flow, and I love that. They get you like it's literally like a roller coaster where you're like, you're you know, you hit that high peak and then you go down that hill and then you're scared half to death and then you kind of level out. You're like, okay, is everybody okay? And then everybody's giggling and then you're fine and then you have that like barrel roll and you're ah, screaming again (laughs) and then you level out and you're like, okay, all right, is everybody okay? And then you're laughing like, that's literally what his movies are. That's yep. what Get Out and Us are. That's I, I don't know if that's what Jordan Peele was going for, but I know that's exactly how I feel about them. They're literally like roller coasters. You're you're literally on the edge of your seat, so tense and freak the fuck out. And then you have those little moments where you're like giggling and laughing and kind of breaking the tension. And then before you know it, he hits you with another barrel roll and you're scared <laughs> half to death again. So you need that. And then hits you with these endings that are like, what the fuck? And I think what I liked the most about Us versus Get Out is that it left me with a real what the fuck at the end. Yeah. And I like that. I like what I literally thought about it 
for a really long time. Oh, I did too. <laughs> I love endings like that. I love what the fuck endings in movies like that. Where I'm like, I still to this day, you've hell? seen Oculus, right? Oh yeah. I still to this day have no fucking idea what happened. I, <laughs> like, I just, I've seen that movie multiple me times. Me too. And I'm like, I don't know what's real. Me I don't know too. what's not real. I don't know what happened. That movie to me reminded me a lot of Insidious, where I don't know, not Insidious. I'm sorry, guys. Uh oh, God, Inception. Inception reminded me a lot of Inception, where by the end of the movie, I'm like, so was I just watch- watching a dream the whole fucking time, or what? What? <laughs> what? Like, but I like that though. I love that. But I like that though. That's one of the every reasons time why... I go back and watch them, I'm just like. I still don't know what the fuck. That's one of the reasons why Oculus isn't my top five. Because oh, it's a I'm great like, movie. A mind, a solid mind fuck is gonna be. My and again, favorite. Mike motherfucking Flanagan. Bless. There's not enough I can say, guys. We went on a whole James Wan rant <laughs> last time. You just have those certain directors. They they you get lightning in a bottle and they just fucking nail it. Mike, Mike Flanagan's Flanagan, a solid. James Wan. What the fuck constantly endings with his shit. And now Jordan Peele. And again, I love the fact that we're seeing a black director taking on social commentary with black people in a movie like Get Out or casting black people in completely normal roles like a movie like Us. Jordan Peele, if listen, if you ever hear this, I just want to say thank you for being awesome. Dude, and... you're amazing. I have followed your career literally since Mad TV from the beginning. I have watched every episode of Key and Peele. I was a huge fan. I really hope, I know there was somewhere else I read too that there have been developments in the last few years of you and Keegan-Michael Key somehow in some shape or form uh, doing a movie about Key and Peele or re- or forming it again in some kind of way you guys are hysterical together and i get retiring from acting but you just you guys have a comedic timing that is just like unreal i mean it's very much laurel and hardy it just you guys play off each other so well and i would love to see that come back again in some form but do your thing with horror dude like i'm fucking loving it you are killing it man please don't ever stop doing this you are breathing life into this genre that every person needed not just black i mean obviously speaking as a black person i've i've appreciated to your i've appreciated your movies more than you could ever know but casper is not black and she appreciates them on a level that i do because she fucking gets it and people out there that are not black but understand the experience that are woke they get it and we all appreciate it more than I will you could always one hundred percent support know. everything you ever do. I always will. Yep. He's literally gonna be one of those names. Like every time I see a name attached to something, like I said, yep. Mike Flanagan, oh, watching it. James Wan, watching, watching it. it. Jordan Peele, watching, watching it. it. Like <laughs> done. Done. Tarantino, watching it. Like <laughs> scary like, stories to tell in the dark. Oh, guys. So excited. That looks terrifying as fuck. Again, appealing to my 90s childhood and those creepy ass fucking books. Those movies are going to be scary as fuck. Or one movie, actually. Sorry. Three books. They're adapting it all into one movie. Apparently they are. I think all the stories are going. <laughs> so, yep. Ah, so is that, is that, does that cover? a great podcast. Yes. Fuck yeah. Started off goofy as hell. Thank you for bearing with us, guys. But <laughs> if you've been listening all the way up until Don't now. Don't forget your Titanic you knowledge get, now. You get it. We drop knowledge. You get some laughs. 
this is what we do here. And like we said, the subject matter the last couple of weeks has been pretty dark and it's going to get kind of dark the last, the next couple of weeks. So we wanted to lighten it up. This is a, uh, this, this is, is a fun one, one too. Cause this Jordan Hill's awesome. The, and... Oh, he's amazing. He's funny. He's great. We love him. We're big fans have always been big fans and guys, please. If you've not seen get out, um, I believe it's on, on demand. Uh, you can rent it from Redbox too. Redbox has it, uh, I think video on demand. I know you can rent it on Amazon. You can always rent movies. You can rent it on Amazon. Amazon. Again, you can get on Redbox. Go out and just buy it. Um, Us, guys, again, is in theaters now. It has been in theaters since March 22nd. Or, yeah, March 22nd. Um, Keep supporting it. Make it one of the highest grossing horror films this year. Push it, push it, push it. There's a lot of really great horror coming out this year, but we want to push that hard. And, uh, of course, go see Toy Story 4. Him and Key Yay. will be the voices of Ducky and Bunny. I'm excited. <laughs> it looks really cute, know. guys. It, it really so does. Cute. I love all the Toy Story movies. So do I'm I. A sucker. I'm a total sucker. Um, one quick thing I did want to announce, guys. This is kind of a bit on a personal note, but it does reflect the podcast because they are going to be one of our sponsors. Um, I have started a company. Uh just recently got all of the licensing. It is called uh, Calm Your Body Down. It is all homemade bath products, body creams, bath bombs. I know everybody out there loves bath bombs. I love bath bombs. Casper loves bath bombs. Um, They're great, all natural, homemade products, handmade by me, uh, Becky Gremlin. So um, I just recently started an Etsy page and I will have all of the items up in the next couple weeks. I will have the online sales up and running. And um, we will be running a promo code since they will, of course, be a sponsor of Don't Fuck the Ori- Don't Fuck with the Original. God, I can't even get our own name right. It's okay. I um, immediately said it. When we- <laughs> hey, this is this is how we're doing it. Um, when I do, when we announce sales up and running for the Etsy page with Calm Your Body Down, uh, we will give out an exclusive uh, coupon code to all the Don't Fuck With The Original listeners. And if you put in that coupon code, you guys will save some money on a bunch of stuff. I would just and, like um, to be the first to say I have used her bath bombs and holy shit. <laughs> Let me just tell you I that you, I Casper, used one you. and I not only was relaxed, but my body was so fucking soft. I couldn't stop touching my legs. You know, you do that. girls out there, let me tell you something. You know, when you shave your legs, you know how you feel. You're like shoving your leg in everybody's face and you're like, touch it. I shaved. Well, that was me after I Baby did this smooth. bath bomb because I was like, touch me. I didn't shave, but it's so smooth. <laughs> yeah, it's got... Um you know, uh, citric acid and baking soda in it as an exfoliant. It's got, uh, baby oils and tea tree oils to moisturize and, and soothe the skin. So they smell very, very yummy and they've got different colors. Um, the body creams are, uh, they come in vanilla or a peppermint scented. My dad actually uses them after shaving. He says they're great for his skin. Um, anytime he gets dry chap skin after shaving, he says it works wonderfully for him. Um, and then I also have a warming cream, um, that basically works like an icy hot. So anybody out there, women that get cramps during their periods, um, anybody that gets just normal everyday back cramps just from 
being Getting old up. or just life or gravity or just standing up or bending over in general. Um, <laughs> it just, you rub it in, warms up like icy hot, and uh, you're feeling good for the rest rub of the day. Rub it in, rub it in. Rub it in. Um, not there, though. I really would not recommend that because it has cayenne pepper in it. Oh, that would be awful. I used to work for a urologist, and oh. let me tell you, that'll be a great phone call to your urologist. <laughs> you have cayenne pepper on your Peter because you decided to do that. Don't make, guys, please don't make me have to put a disclaimer on the fucking labels because somebody did that shit. Come on, use some common sense. Um, but they will be a sponsor. I'm so excited about this. Um, it is called Calm Your Body Down. The website is calmyourbodydown.com. If you guys just kind of want to check it out, get some backstory about the company itself. And again, the Etsy page will be up soon and we will be running promo codes on the, um, on the podcast. Uh, it's the also on Instagram. Month. Yeah. She's, she's on Instagram. Yeah. Calm, your body, calm your body Down on Instagram. Um, and, uh, the Instagram page is, there's still not a lot posted because it's just kind of giving announcements to the startup of the business. Um, but all of the background on the business will be at calmyourbodydown.com. And again, I'll be at, uh, Etsy shop. So Etsy, Etsy.com, I believe slash calm your body down too. So all of that will be up and running the end of this month. We will have um, discount codes and they will be, we'll be running promo codes as the new sponsor for the podcast. So thank Yay. you. Thank you guys. Please support. I can't wait. This is. And I'm not just saying what I said. Such a product for me and I'm so excited. I'm not just saying what I said because she's one of my best friends. I mean it. Like I, I'm a huge. Okay. If y'all ever heard of Lush, Lush is. Huge with selling very... Um, That's why I said everybody loves bath bombs and everybody knows bath bombs yeah. do Lush. So. Lush is one of my all-time favorite places to get bath bombs and her bath bombs are as good as those. I'm not even Aww. I'm not even kidding you. Thank you. So, <laughs> so I'm just saying that they are a good quality product. Like you're, you're getting something that is definitely going to help your joints and your muscles and... It's going to help relax you, especially if you're doing it before bed, because Lord knows a good hot bath and a bath bomb is great oh, before bed. Make you so. feel good. And I put love in every single one. So she you puts guys that love. All the, getting all the Becky Grimlin love in every product. So thank you guys for supporting. But yeah, that's the end of it, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed us being goofy and going off about Jordan Peele. We love him. We love everything he does. And please... Go see Get Out and Us if you haven't seen them yet. So next week is, like I said, I apologize if I start calling it Waverly Place because Wizards of Waverly Place, but Waverly Hills Sanatorium will be next week. We're going to talk about the history of the place. We're going to talk about some hauntings. Um... Watch some... Watch the Ghost Adventures episode on, on it. It's pretty cool. Um... There's just a lot of history that surrounds it and it's kind of... Excuse me, it's really sad, actually, everything that went on in that place. And me and Becky are planning on taking a trip there someday. Because uh, it's not even that far away, to be honest. But um, Yeah, literally just right over the river for us. Yeah. Um, named one of the most haunted places in America. So, yeah. like, top ten the most haunted places in America. So um, A friend um, of mine actually went there and did a... Did a uh, EVP. investigation and he said he literally just stood in the building and just quiet he just stood there and was really quiet he said it sounded like the place was alive he said you could hear voices you could hear things moving around he's like 
you think it's animals, but when you hear the voices, it's a little different. He was it's the only a, one. It was like him and another buddy of his, so. It's got a really tragic history, guys, and it all goes into play with the hauntings that have been happening there for years that are still reported to be happening to yep. this day. So we're excited about that one, too. So we are, let me run over the wonderful social media again. Where you can check us out. You can find us on CastBox, Podcast Player, and now Podbean at Don't Fuck With The Original. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Don't Fuck With The Original. You can find us on Twitter at Don't Fuck With The Original. Handle DFWTO8811. Also, if you have any concerns or questions, feel free to email the DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. Or after email. hearing the creepy-ass Tiny Tim song, email her at 3 in the morning when you can't sleep. So uh... I won't hear it because I'll be asleep. <laughs> <laughs> And if I do hear it and I do happen to wake up around 3 a.m., I'm going to be like, fuck y'all. You wake up to all these, like, be like, what the fuck? And you're like, no, no, this is not okay. Um, and I think that's everything. That's everything. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week. Have a great week, guys. All right. We'll see you next week. I love it. That was not British, but whatever. <laughs>